Welcome to The Winning Bid, Mastering RFP Success, the podcast that takes you on an insightful journey through the intricate world of tenders, RFPs, RFIs, DDQs, RFQs, security questionnaires, inventory lists, and much more. Join us as we dive deep into the realm of streamlining processes, bringing you expert insights, strategic advice, practical tips, and inspiring stories that go beyond the ordinary. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Winning Bid, episode three. Today, I uh, have two guests, uh, Nico Nelissen and Evrach Zertsevis. The topic of today's podcast is data and AI. And Nico, you are more or less the AI expert or the data expert. And Evrach, you are the, also a data expert, but specifically on Sequesto. But first, you, Nico. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my pleasure. I've been in startups my, my whole career. And I wouldn't call myself a data expert. I'm, I'm more of a, a data uh, fan, I would say. I, I love to explore what you can do with data. But I had to learn everything from scratch, basically. And that's what I've been doing in, in my whole career, uh, in each of the startups where I've been part of, always trying to, to see what data do we have and, and what can we do with, with that data. Okay. So um, how did you become involved uh, with Sequesto and, and what led you to become an investor? Right. I'm uh, very lucky to be part of a network which is called Torus. Uh, it's an investment network of entrepreneurs, people that are in startups or scale-ups and, and that want to help out other uh, entrepreneurs. And within the network, uh, we encountered uh, Sequesto, uh, who was uh, building this very cool product. And I immediately in love with, with the product because I felt the pain myself of answering RFPs. Uh, for example, in my previous company, Blender, which was an integration, a data integration platform, we, we had to answer a lot of RFPs. And I had the struggle of each time feeling that I was answering the same questions over and over, but slightly different. And, and I never realized that there's actually a solution to that problem. But then when we came across uh, Sequesto within the Taurus network, yeah, I, I immediately saw the opportunity for the product because I've, I've had that pain myself so many times. Right. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Uh, now back to your uh, previous careers, uh, you, you're a serial entrepreneur. Can you tell us a bit more about, uh, the touch points with data. You said you've, you're a data fan. Right. Um, so, and, and you just uh, told us about Blender. Are there other cases where you, um, you came in touch with data and what sparked your interest? Definitely. First two companies long, long time ago <laughs> uh, were Hostbasket and QLayer. Hostbasket was a, a hosting provider, the, the, the good old data center infrastructure before there was cloud. And then uh, Hostbasket became part of, uh, of a telco here in Belgium. So we started building a Q-layer, which was actually cloud technology before we, we called it like that. And, and at that time, I was still very much involved with the, yeah, the basics of, of storing data, storage, bandwidth. And, and then the next company was TapCrowd. We were building mobile apps at the time that was new. The iPhone came out and we saw the opportunity of building apps. And those apps could also capture a lot of data, uh, context, what people are doing. 
So that was the first time where I really started uh, engaging with data and, okay, we have all this user activity and what can we do with that? And, and so that, that was the, the, the first time I really started diving into data. And then the, the, the company after that was Blender, as I mentioned before. That's a, a data integration platform. And we started building Blender because we, we felt the need to do more with data that was in our business applications. A simple example, you have your CRM with customer data, but you also have a marketing platform and, and you have accounting software. And those tools, they don't really work together. Uh, they're all data silos. And, and we were trying to, to solve that problem of combining the data from your CRM and your accounting software. And it was just so hard to do. And that's why we started building Blender. And Blender became a, a data integration platform, which is basically a, a visual environment uh, where you build workflows. And the workflows will actually get data from, from one platform, for example, your CRM, and they will push it into other platforms. So that way you can break down those data silos and make sure that all your, your uh, software starts working together. Right. It sounds a bit similar to some things that um, Sequesto is doing by integrating uh, data. Yes. And then your current project, because you are still investing in other companies and you've uh, created your own latest company called yeah, Pelican. Exactly. Can you say something about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Blender was acquired by Click, uh, the, the, the BI company, right? Click uh, Software, Click View and Click Sense. Uh, so I spent a couple of years at Click, and after that part at Click, I really wanted to build an all-in-one data platform because during my time at Click, I learned about the modern data stack, which is all about building a data warehouse in your company, a central place to store all your data. But the data warehouse by itself is not enough. You need a lot of different tools. You need ETL software to get your data from all your different sources into your data warehouse. You need other software uh, for the governance. You need software to visualize your data and then yet something else to monitor the quality of your data. So you, you end up building this whole stack of different tools and, and that becomes your modern data stack, but it's really hard to do. And so with Pelican, we are combining all of that technology into one platform so that as a company, it becomes easier to have your central data warehouse automatically get all your data in from, again, all the different sources that you have, your CRM, your accounting, your internal databases. And then when you have that data, you can start combining it, cleaning it, using it for, for visualizations, or, or you can start using it for machine learning and all the different things that you can do with data. Right. Sounds like an exciting project. Now, Sequesto uh, is also using AI. Can you say something about that? Because uh, you've also learned a few things on the way. Right. Uh, about AI. What could you tell us, for example, about different generations of AI? Right. I, I think things are going super fast that we all realize that just mm -hmm. a few years ago, I guess we were at the, the first generation of AI, which I would call classic machine learning. For me, it's the, yeah, I would say the, the algorithms that we 
might have learned in school uh, about clustering data, maybe doing some some predictions on on your sales or predicting uh, the churn of your customers. That for me is is generation one. It's it's the classic machine learning, and that's still very valuable today. But then a couple of years later, we learned about deep learning, and for me, that's like the, the second generation where you use uh, tools like TensorFlow, uh, uh, neural networks, uh, which can be a bit of a black box, but at the same time, they can be super powerful, of course. And as if that was not enough, then soon after came the LLMs, the generative AI, which is now the the, the hot uh, topic of the day, where we have companies like OpenAI. They they have built ChatGPT and and we've we've all played with with ChatGPT. It's, It's like a virtual chat that has the knowledge of the whole internet. Um, and that to me is really the, the third generation of, of AI. And I believe that in each company, you really have to think about, okay, what can that mean for my business? What can we do with, with basic models? How can we predict certain things? Then how can we apply deep learning? And eventually, I think we should all start thinking about, okay, what does it mean to use generative AI within my own business? Okay, very interesting. Now, Evrar, I've got a question for you. How does Sequesto's platform differentiate itself from in the market, considering the variety of solutions that are available? Yeah, so we do different things from competitor. Uh, the first one is that we take care of all the documentation. So competitor focus on question and answer pairs. So they try to find similar questions uh, whenever there, there is a new questionnaire and so on. But we also do that. But next to that, we also tackle all the documentation of the company. So we realize that a lot of the information is not only present in the old questionnaire that they've answered, but it's present in the documentation of the company being, for example, white paper, product descriptions, and so on. And so what we do is that we, whenever they load those documents into our platform, we automatically cut those documents into sections because it's easier to search for the relevant piece of content in a smaller section than in the full big text document. And then whenever they need to answer a question, what we are able to do with AI, uh, mainly it's uh, finding the right section and then within that section, the right piece of text that is useful to answer the question. So that's one thing that we do, uh, I think, differently. The other thing is that we allow our user, we have two workflows, in fact, and that's our main workflow. It's extracting the questions out of the document, working on the questions and then putting all the question and answer back into the proposal. But we also allow the other workflow, which is working directly in the original document. So we have integrated Word and Excel editor into our platform. And so whenever the documents are really complex or there are forms they need to fill in or they need to follow a very strict structure, we allow them to work directly into into the document. So that's also a a differentiator. And then the the third thing that we do differently, I think, is the management of the um, attachments. So whenever they answer tenders or RFPs, they need to provide the whole set of documents with the response of the RFP. And we help them to detect those attachments, to put all of them into a zip file that they, with a table of content that they can afterwards send back to the client. But we also help them to manage those attachments in the library where so they can put expiration dates, we send reminder, and so on. And so I think that's the main differentiator from competitors. And I believe this is only possible 
uh, thanks to AI because uh, some of these things. Yeah, this is where fact, you make use of the third generation of yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so we, we we don't use AI for the sake of using AI, but so uh, we identify the pains and then we build feature to resolve those pains for the exactly. customer, and then we use AI to optimize the processes. Right. So can you say us a bit more about how Sequesto will help people to collaborate? Uh, because very rarely people work alone on answering yeah. RFPs. They will work in a team. I, th I believe we've mentioned this uh, a little bit already in the first uh, episode, but can you elaborate a bit more how collaboration yeah. works? Yeah, so uh, as you said, answering a tender is not a single person job. So there are teams working on the same tenders at the same time. So we try to bring people together in Sequesto so that they can collaborate better. And so we have multiple features for that. So for example, whenever someone is extracting information, questions out of a document, we allow this person to quickly assign the questions to different individuals. In fact, you need to know that whenever uh, in, in the team that answered the tender, there are two main uh, types of user. We have the coordinator and the contributor. So con coordinator are coordinating the full project. That's their main job. While contributor are more like subject matter expert that bring their expertise on specific questions and so on. And so we build the platform to help the contributor to manage the work and to easily distribute the work to the different contributor. And so they can quickly assign questions, attachments, uh, and so on to contributors. They can then afterwards uh, send reminders automatically. So we have built also a nice dashboard where they can track the progress of each and every single team member. And so they can see if someone is lagging behind or then they can quickly send a reminder or someone is on holiday so they can reassign the work to another person. And then the last thing uh, that we implemented is the real-time collaboration within documents. So as I said, we integrated the Excel and the Word editor. And with that, we also have now a real-time that yeah, it works real-time, so they can work together in the same documents, they can leave comments, have track changes. Okay. Can you also say a, bit, a few things about possible other integrations and tools um, yeah. people might be using? So what is the like the main tool that people use today to answer tender is Word and Redsheet, Excel. So that's what I just said, we integrated that uh, into our platform, so that's now there. But in the current roadmap, uh, what we have in terms of integration is uh, SharePoint. And the teams, the teams environment, for example, first SharePoint, whenever they connect their SharePoint to our system, what we want is that uh, when there is a file that is uploaded or updated, we automatically retrieve that file and extract the content automatically. And then the teams would be more like uh, when they analyze a tender, we try to automatically identify the different types of information. And one of those types is uh, tasks. So they need, for example, to fill in a questionnaire or they need to fill in a form or they need to send this uh, particular email to that particular person at a certain time. And so we try to automatically detect that. And the next step would be that we then create those tasks automatically into the, the team's uh, environment so that they can work there uh, with their preferred tool. Okay, understood. How do you ensure that uh, the platform is user-friendly? So good question. So we work with a full-time designer that spent really a lot of time in researching, looking at the design, but not, not only the UI, but also the UX. Like we, we have two main uh, tools that we use for the design, like that our designer is using. It's one is for the prototyping, and that's where we really uh, look at the, um, the workflows, the, the button where we need to place them into the platform. 
that the next step is always logical. So once I've answered my question, it's logic that I need to click there. That's what comes to mind. So that's first step. And then second step is read the UI. Uh, so that's more the design. And for that, we use another tool to, to, to create the, the frames and so on. And so that's, yeah, we really spend a lot of time there. And then once we put those features live, uh, we always test and we are in, in always in contact with our customers. We have weekly or bi-weekly meetings with them. So we always gather feedback. And if we miss something or something does not seem that logical to them, then we always make corrections afterwards and right. we try to follow up on what we have uh, deployed. And I assume this will um, greatly enhance the um, learning time. Yeah. Just, um very quick onboarding of customers. Exactly. Okay, understood. So Evrach, can you talk about the AI capabilities of Sequestos platform and how they enhance the uh, RFP process? Sure, sure. So uh, we use AI in different parts of our product. So as I already explained uh, in the library, so that's where you upload all your company information. We use AI to detect the sections, extract the information out of the document. So that's the first step that we do there. Then uh, when we move to the project side, so that's the other main part of our platform, the project side is where you answer the RFPs and so on. And, and there we have uh, multiple steps. The first step is what we call document analysis. And in that step, we help our customer to analyze the file that they have received from their customers. So that means they receive an RFP, a big document, a PDF document of 60 pages, and they need to go through that document to find what are the questions? What are the requirements? What are the tasks? What are the attachments that they need to provide? And so what we do there with our AI model is that we automatically uh, detect those different categories of information and we show that to our, our user. So that's super valuable because they gain a lot of time. They go way faster through the document analysis and then, yeah, then just go quicker through that phase. Then uh, once that is done, they move to the next step, which is answering the questions that they've uh, identified in the first step. When uh, they answer the questions, we have their two capabilities. One is pure uh, keyword search. So we allow them to search with keywords in the library. We augment a bit that search with synonyms, uh, translations. Uh, we try to also automatically detect the relevant keywords within the questions. But the main AI part is when they search for similar questions or relevant pieces of text within sections with AI. And so there we have implemented uh, also very strong models, AI models, where we are able to find the right candidates, like the right similar questions in the libraries that they can reuse that, uh, that answer. And then once they found the right candidates, they reuse the answer, we have a third model, which is like more what uh, Nico discussed earlier, the generative AI model. And so we allow them to rephrase the answer that was provided before. So they can summarize, they can extend, they can simplify. You could even, for example, uh, ask the AI model, can you uh, rephrase that question that was written for client X, but now it's for client Y, and that client Y is very cautious about ecological things and, and environments. Enter and then the AI model would generate, rework the, the answer for, the, for our client. And then the last step is when they move everything back into a proposal. So once they've answered all their questions, they need to put that into a proposal template. There, we help them to create that proposal. So they can work in the, in the Word document, they can drag and drop the question, they can automatically fill in the proposal at the right place. Later, what we're going to bring is the boilerplate functionality. So that means they will be able to drag and drop also pieces of text that are relevant 
and build the proposal that way. And so that's basically how we use AI throughout the, the full platform. Understood. Nico, uh, you have so much experience on data and on AI, and now you're an investor in Sequesto. Right. How do you plan on bringing some of that knowledge uh, to Sequesto? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I enjoy doing brainstorms uh, with the team, thinking about uh, all the capabilities, what is possible with AI. We also exchange a lot of knowledge. Eh? You've been doing a lot of cool stuff with uh, with AI models. I, on my end at Pelican, we've been doing a few different things. And so it's just nice to to share results, what works, what is more more difficult to do. And then I hope also more in general, uh, being an entrepreneur, I've been in the business a long time. I, I hope that I can share some of my experiences uh, on, on different levels. Eh? Uh, I think especially the security from, from day one, actually, that's, that's been a very important topic. And, and every company should be doing all of these steps these days. Uh, um, so in terms of, of security, uh, how, how do you organize that? What, what are the certifications that you need? So those are some of the, the things where I hope I can, I can provide some feedback to the team as well. How would you see the future uh, in terms of features, new capabilities, especially in AI, for example? Yeah. Is there anything you can share already sure. with our listeners? So the future of Sequesto in terms of product development, we have two main development. First, we have the current features and we want to go deeper in those features. And then second, we will add additional features. So the additional feature will be, for example, the integrations that I've spoken about, the, the, the task creation automatically into the, into the team's environment, uh, detecting other type of data. What do we do with those requirements, for example? Yeah, that's what we're going to bring next. And then most importantly, in fact, it's going deeper in the current feature. So now we have now our core product, which is extracting data, answering questions, and then putting everything to a proposal. And now we need to refine our AI models to go just to be better at what we currently do. So for example, on the document analysis, we propose, we make proposition of types of data to our customers. So when they load their file, we show them the questions, the attachments, and so on. But we allow them to make corrections. So that means they can reject proposition that we have done or they can add other types of data that we missed. And that, in fact, is really used to train further the model that we uh, currently have. And so the more they use the platform, the more we can train our model and the better the model becomes. And that's really the, the loop that we try to create with the, the learning of the, of the platform. And uh, yeah, I think that will be our main focus in the, in the current. Uh, this actually resembles AI fine-tuning, uh, basically. Yep. This, is, this is really improving the model. Uh, yep. Very often, AI is, is considered as black box where people don't yep. have too much control over what's happening. But if you would uh, manage to pull this off, you would have um, the ability to improve the model yeah, exactly. over time. And the great thing is that the customer, by using our tool, day one, they can already leverage AI because we already have strong model out there. But by just using our tool, they don't even know it, but they are refining the model automatically. And so the more they use the tool, the more the, the tool becomes better and, 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 yeah, right. and the less time they will spend on the, on the next RFP. Understood. Yes. 
I think that fine tuning is a very strong technology eh? uh, because these AI models, they have a lot of generic knowledge out of the box that makes them so powerful. That's why ChatGPT is able to answer any question in any language because it has all that generic knowledge. But what it typically misses, misses is that domain knowledge, mm -hmm. eh? specific knowledge on one topic that, that is important within a company. And fine-tuning basically means that you add this, this little layer of additional knowledge yep. to an existing model. So you have the generic uh, knowledge, how do I write in English, but you also have your domain knowledge. Um, and exactly. I think that's super exciting eh? to use it, of course, within the context of answering an RFP. But as I said before, I think every company needs to think about, okay, what is that, that latent knowledge that we have? Of course. What, what documents do we have in our company that we can use, which contains a lot of knowledge that only we have? And now we have a chance of, of using that to, to basically learn or fine-tune uh, a model and then use that to, to automate stuff, to, uh, yeah, yeah. to do new things. I, I think these, these layers are, of course, very industry-specific. Mm -hmm. uh, the company may be active in finance or in software development or in building. Whatever they do, this specific layer is very specific yeah. to that industry. And that is something that nobody can bring in less themselves. They, they have to um, add that um, yeah. and inject that, inject that into the system. Yeah. And then what we also see is that there is a lot of nuance in the, in the, in the data of our customer. For example, we have what we call exclusion criteria. So these are criteria. If you don't meet them, you would be excluded of the bid. But you have then selection criteria, red flags. So red flags are, for example, penalty of 1 million euro. Then you would consider that as a red flag. But those are very close one another. And so the AI is not always, like the generic model, are not always capable of identifying the different categories. And so that's why we need to further train. And so that's one thing. And then the second thing is that among different customers, they could label the same thing differently. So that's also uh, one thing that we will bring in the future is that um, we will have one big generic model for our customer, but then the, the fine tuning will be done by clients. Because yeah, they can, for example, one specific red flag could be uh, just an important information for another client. And so we need to be able to yeah, differentiate those from. I have one more question for you, Evgar. All this data <clears throat> and all the AI also raises the question of security, but also data privacy. How do you ensure that that data stays confidential and stays safe? Um, because it goes to external tools. Yep. So you do need to take care of that. Yeah, sure. So first of all, we worked a lot on the last month, during the last month on our security. So we are in the process of uh, NISO 27001 and SOC2 uh, certification. So um, we have worked a lot on our infrastructure. We have added a lot of uh, security layers. So now I'm really confident when I say that our platform is secure. We have done pen tests and we had really good results. So on our own security, we are uh, really fine. And now, as you said, uh, we share data with um, external uh, companies. Uh, because we need to yeah, to have access to their models sometimes. It depends on the capability and the model. But for that, we always pay very close attention to the terms and conditions. So if the data is not protected on their end, we don't share anything. We make sure that it's only used by ourselves and not by other uh, teams or they do not share our data with any other uh, third parties. 
And yeah, I think that's how we tackle security at the moment. Uh, it's a question. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, gentlemen, for your time. My Thank pleasure. You. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun to be here. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thank you for joining us on The Winning Bid, Mastering RFP Success. Remember, at Sequesto, we believe in empowering people and businesses by unlocking their full potential. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to explore the untapped possibilities in the world of procurement. Don't miss out on the latest updates. Visit sequesto.com to embark on your journey to business success with RFP automation.